Good day and welcome to Real Life. I'm Pastor Donnie and with us today is Pastor Adam Lawson, uh, pastor, senior pastor of Fresh Fire Church in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. And today we're going to be discussing some topics uh, relating to your life today. We want to talk about what affects you and how you can change your life. Um, because life is real, isn't it, Pastor? It is. <laughs> Sometimes too real? <laughs> it, it is, uh, to say the least. But I think that's our goal. Is uh, I was thinking this morning, you know, it's real life, real people, real problems. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, and it's facing real life, real people facing those problems that I think are often a challenge, yeah. you know, whether we're uh, a Christian or not, you know, we, we come from a spiritual background, you know, a Christian background, but not everyone who listens to this does. Yeah. And I was thinking um, just over the last couple of days how a lot of people interpret because we are Christians, believers, however we want to identify ourselves, you know, with whatever label, often people think because of that we don't have problems or that we shouldn't have problems. And that's really a lie. You know, it is. It, it, it's it's false. It is. Uh, we may have access to power that helps us to overcome, but it doesn't negate the fact that we still have problems. Yes. You know, I know uh, it seems like, uh, especially especially Christians, but we learn how to put on the faith face mm -hmm. that everything's fine. You know, especially you walk into church or just being around Christians. Yeah. And, you know, everything's fine. Praise the Lord. God bless. You know, all this all these words that we do. Christianese. Yes. Christianese. In order to disguise yeah. what is really happening inside. Right. And, you know. And the fact is, you're right. No matter if you're a Christian or you're non-Christian or whatever, wherever, whatever group you put yourself into, we find ourselves facing the exact same problems every day. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things happening now in, in our country and in the world that are just we're all being affected by it. You know, yeah. the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Right. So we all face the same problems. Um, of course, we believe that there's answers to our problems, whereas others may not, or find it in different ways, right. um, which may not be right. But still, we seek out ways to ease ourselves of those problems. Yeah. Uh, when we we believe that our hope, our only hope, is in Jesus, but yeah. other people find it in other things, such as drugs and alcohol and yeah. and many other things. Um, but the, the fact, when you boil it down, is we're all facing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, just as we as we kind of not just introduce these types of podcasts and or dis, or discussions is that our goal is to not just talk about real life, real problems, real people, but I think like I was telling you yesterday that you know for us to be real and I, and, I, and we were in our discussion our in our private meeting I told Pastor Donnie that you know I often when I'm preaching. I often really get to the edge of the line where, <laughs> you know, we probably shouldn't teeter over as, as pastors and when we're preaching you know, for what most people would think. But really in the podcast, I want us to be able to go across that line, Yeah, you know, and to just be real and to really be as transparent as we can. And so I think that's why 
we're going to go in the direction that we're going to go today, um, and topically speaking, and um, just try to pull back the curtain a little bit. Oh no! You know, like Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just start addressing those things that you know people are enduring and and being challenged with. So that's sort of our goal was to just is, is to be transparent and and kind of pull back the curtain and as much as we talk about real life, real people, real problems, we'll, we want to be real ourselves and not just, you know, and so in some ways maybe today we'll be the topic <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> or we'll be the example, I guess I could say, um, as we go in, because I think the direction we, we really want to go in today and just sort of chat about is, um, and there's several rabbit trails we could go off of, but what we really wanted to, to try to discuss and um, really have a conversation about is depression mm -hmm. and how it really shows up and that just sort of organic, organically came up in our conversations over the last number of weeks. And so before people who think, oh, you know, I'm tuning out now, hold on because um, we're going to discuss it because of how it can show up in many different ways um, because it has many different faces it does and it looks different on other people and believe it or not real Christians face depression they do uh, what I mean I said we were going to be transparent one of the things that I uh, told you in the last few weeks is I have never struggled with it in my life like I have been now okay. you know and so yeah, even you know pastors and you know Christian leaders and sometimes people that we look up to are struggling with things that we can't let you see. You know, yeah. when I get up behind the yeah. pulpit on Sunday, I can't dare let the people see that. You know, um, or lead from that place of announcing it. Right. You know, um, because then you know everyone who's spiritual and can name any demons gonna you know lay hands and call it something yes and uh, when i believe that things are driven by a spirit but not everything is right. you know sometimes it is circumstantial you know sometimes it is economical sometimes it is relational sometimes it is spiritual yeah. um so before we get people who start commenting and whatever and saying you know oh it's a spirit and it's driven hold on because there are spirits that are sent on assignment. Yes. You know, yes. that's a whole other podcast. So <laughs> let's not even go there. There are, and we believe in the, those spirits. However, I've recognized for me, it's not just spiritual. Mm -hmm. For I'll, I'll say this, and, and then I'll have you interject a little bit. Um, I was talking with a young girl um, just two days ago who's struggling with you know insecurity you know maybe borderline depression a couple other things and she kept trying to tell me that she had all this self-confidence all this self-confidence all this self-confidence i'm like well, this isn't adding up you know the things you're telling me and what i quickly realized is insecurity for her is the driver is driving depression in her life okay and I started really thinking about that in my life. And even as a pastor, that we struggle with depression 
a lot of times because the enemy will bring in our mind, or sometimes we're just our own enemy. True. Very Nobody true. beats <laughs> me up after a Sunday morning better than me. Yeah, yeah. And I've had people say, yeah. preacher, that's not one of your best messages. Things like that. <laughs> and yeah, it's deflating and it can affect your ego or whatever. But no one is my any more of a critic for myself than me. But what I found is it, insecurity in my life is what is one of the drivers of depression. Okay. Because we instantly are feeling like we don't measure up. We, yeah. As pastors, we compare our church sizes and we compare, you know, yes. the successes and what looks like failure and, you know, the finances of the ministry, if that's determining success, there's so many different factors yeah. and it drives insecurity, which then if we start feeling insecure, like I'm not measuring up and I'm saying, and I'm speaking from like a pastoral perspective, but anyone listening, it doesn't matter whether you're a pastor or not, any area of our life, we're an insecure. If that, if we're insecure long enough and that lingers without any, without dealing with the insecurity, that insecurity will drive you into depression. I, I see it as insecurity is the driver of the car. Depression is just tagging along. Oh, okay. but eventually, okay. you know, I'm not just insecure. That insecurity is is leading the way for depression to come into my life. Yeah. And for me, as I was evaluating, I found that I was battling depression and still am. I'm not going to deny the fact that I, there's, I have good days and bad days, sure. you know, uh, I'm not on medication. It's nothing like that. It's just, it's, it's there. I know that it has a presence, you know, and I, I began to recognize for me, some of my depression was showing up because of unmet expectations. Okay. Like for me, expectations that maybe I have of life, of ministry, of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we all are guilty of, we have expectations of people that we never communicate. Mm. And then they don't do it the right way. And so it doesn't just come back to me as a disappointment. That's another area. If you allow yourself to be disappointed long enough, yes, disappointment, you know, uh, um, uh, can eventually progress into something deeper, you know, uh, with depression. Um, and so if you're a person like me and you deal with insecurity and then you maybe are communicating well enough with people around you and you have enough disappointments and, or you start getting discouraged, you start adding up discouragement, disappointments, and then that becomes depression and you're an insecure person, you know, and you're dealing with insecurities it's a storm. Yeah. And so, again, speaking from a pastor, sometimes we're not always, although we communicate for a living, I often just suck yeah. at communicating to the people closest to me. I agree. Me too. <laughs> I can communicate a message. I can get up on Sunday morning, but try to be a close friend or, God forbid, in a relationship. And I know what I'm thinking, but sometimes I'm not communicating that. Yeah. And so then when I'm expecting something in return, I get let down. And so I start feeling like everything around me is falling apart, closing up. So, so I start turning in on myself and, um, you know, you start mentally evaluating, criticizing, you know, all of those things in your life. And... 
begin to get depressed mm-hmm. because nothing is working out how you thought. Yes. How you perceived it, how you expected it. You know, people weren't responding the way that I expected. The message didn't come across the way that they expected. They didn't respond to it the way that I expected. Um, and on and on and on and on. So I've thrown a lot out there that we can even start to dissect. But that's really an area where I wanted us to start is having a discussion because it's an area where we're seeing a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds affected. And sometimes we don't we don't classify it as depression or uh, God forbid in the church we talk about something like this because instantly as a Christian for me to even bring it up as a as a pastor you know you you know that I think oftentimes you referenced in the beginning about we can sort of wear a mask and we wear a mask because if I really let people see who I really am and what I'm struggling with you know I'm not so sure I can trust you with that information Oh, yes. You know? Yes. And so we are a lot of times fake. I mean, the church has been accused of for a long time that we're fake and we're hypocrites. And I think because we're often, not always, and not all churches, we're often afraid to reveal what's really behind the half smile. Yeah. What's really behind and going on in our lives. Because once I give you access to that information, I'm not sure that I can trust you possessing the information and how you'll try to hurt me and attack me and what you'll say about me. Yeah, I've I've felt sometimes that some people need to hang uh, something around their neck that says the things you tell me may be used against you later. Yeah. Like when they give you their Miranda rights, you know, because that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. And so our guard is up because we feel like they're going to use it at some point and pull it out when we, you know, when it can damage us. Yeah. You know, but one of the things I was thinking about with when I when I look at someone and talk to someone who's going through some of these stages um, and, and this for me, I have to rely on the Holy Spirit to help me discern. But I look for three things. Is it first of all, is it a spiritual condition? Mm-hmm. Because I do believe that, that the enemy is coming against us. Sure. And, you know, so he does that. I then I ask myself, is this an environmental thing? Mm-hmm. Is this because of the person's life? But then the third thing that I, I think we as Christians, especially, uh, we don't like to go to this place is, is it a chemical problem? Mm-hmm. Because it could be any one of the three or all three. Right. You know, and so, you know, how dare as a Christian we say, well, I need a med- medicine to help fight depression or yeah. whatever issue. Yeah, you know, because we're, especially in certain camps, we are like, uh, you know, I have to put up this face this faith face right and I can't show people that I'm weak you know I someone told me this a long time ago uh, when I was in radio that um, if you break your arm do you not go to a doctor and get a, get mm. a, a bandage or you know or yeah. a, a splint or something but yet when it comes to these type of issues there's a stigma about it mm-hmm. that and that Christians can't have that yeah but I firmly believe that you know if, if you need it, use it. Um, right. I had a psychologist one time tell me that that he believes that medicine sometimes is necessary until we get to the place where God can free us. Right. You know, so maybe it's not long term. Right. Maybe it's just a short term thing. But sometimes it is it is an environmental thing. It's what's affecting your life today. Yeah. You know, like like you said before, real life, real people, you know, real problems. Yeah. And so, you know, we have to look and discern what is it because sometimes it is just the enemy. We see 
constant uh, scriptures about about that about someone who's being tormented by the devil so right. that does happen yeah. but not everything is because of a spiritual attack right sometimes you're just dealing with life yeah you know and so you have to make sure that you know which is which yeah you know and while some people that aren't Christians prefer to just medicate mm-hmm. and then it seems like some certain camps of Christians it's always a demon. It's yeah. always a, and then it seems like we need to find that middle ground. We need to find that place where we know which one it is. Yeah. Uh, one time I was in a, a hospital in a psychiatric ward visiting somebody, and this person was having seizures. And um, when I walked in to see them, the doctor and a nurse grabbed me and pulled me to the side, and they said, "Do you know this person well?" I said, "Yeah, I've known him pretty much all my life. I've known this this man." And they said, "Something isn't adding up." We have run every test. We have run every, uh, you know, we've done everything, and it's not it's it's not a medical condition. Yeah. And they said we don't know what to do, and I began to discuss with them about spiritual matters. And here, I I believe this person had a demon, mm-hmm. and I don't I wouldn't say everybody, you know, I'm not right. going around saying that there's a demon under every doily, but but after talking to the medical professionals and they everything they've run came up clean. Yeah. You know, this person was just still behaving this way and it was it was different than they had ever seen and these were professionals. Yeah. And so uh, we just have to look at the difference because sometimes there are those people who are dealing with that but then there are some people we just life has gotten so hard especially yeah. I know like prolonged illnesses can cause a depression. When yeah. you've dealt with something for so long yeah. that your hope level begins to drop. Yeah. And it, it brings you into a place of sadness. Um, and that's where, that's where I have no problem with Christian counseling, right. uh, with, with counseling if it's done in the right manner. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's good, it's necessary, because you need, a lot of people just need an outlet, mm-hmm. just need someone to talk to and just process these things with them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's, there was a lot of things that, you know, I was thinking of while, while you were talking. One is, you know, the Bible says there is therefore no condemnation yes, of those that are in Christ Jesus. And so we can't allow ourselves to be condemned or allow other people to condemn us because we are either need to or should be on any kind of medication, whether it's temporary or long term. And that's an area where I think we've done an injustice to the mental health in our country because we want to put a spirit on everything and label it and basically tell people that if you're dealing with this and you need a pill then you're defeated true you don't have the faith for it and there are times where we need it for a season i went through something years ago i dealt with anxiety (laughs) i'm just kind of (laughs) revealing a lot right now um and literally had a complete anxiety meltdown in the front of the entire congregation and they had to carry me out into the office. It was the middle of winter, and I was burning up and had sweat clear through my clothes. They took me to my office and laid me out on two of my big plush chairs, turned the air conditioning on full blast because I was sweating so badly. And I'll never forget the chaos of the moment. Yeah. When you're having the meltdown and you have the um, varying opinions of what the right thing is. Yeah. And so to my left, I had people, you know, screaming, you know, someone needs to call 911. He's hyperventilating. 
And then in front of me, I had um, someone smacking my face and saying, you know, come on, pastor, come on, come on. And I was aware. I literally had just my mind shut down, my ability to communicate. And so I could hear them. I could see them. But I even lacked the strength to just, you know. And then over here, I had... Uh, someone else praying in, in tongues. He shot a lullaby, you know, and they were binding this spirit and that spirit and, and all of this stuff. And then a nurse came in behind me and said, you know, we need to get him to a doctor. He needs medicine. So there was all these varying opinions. And you know what? As I look back, you know what I needed? Yes, I ended up on medication. Yes, I ended up, you know, taking time of prayer and fasting and all those things. And I was on medication for about four years. Effects are actually. And but as I look back and I remember that day, which remembering that day has enabled me to, I think, help other people, is what I really needed in that moment was comfort. Mm-hmm. Okay. Comfort. It wasn't that I, I did not need a pill in that moment. I did not need the super spiritual saints of God to begin decreeing and declaring and binding and arresting demonic forces either. As a person mentally, emotionally turning in on themselves, there is nothing more defeating than trying to lay your muggy hands on me when I already am turning in on myself yes, yes. and feeling like a failure and feeling then you to be decreeing and, you know, bind and arrest and all these demonic. I'm not saying that there isn't a time and a place, right. but that was not the place right. or the time. And so... Uh, I say all that to say there is therefore no condemnation. If we need help, we need to seek it. If it's from a pastor or from a psychiatrist, a psychologist, you know, at a mental health facility, you know, we need to seek out that help. Yeah. But I always encourage you to do it along with your pastor. Don't do it independent of them. Agreed. Yeah. You know, so that we have the balance of dealing with the the medical side, but also the spiritual side. Right. Um, so that's that's part of what was running through my mind uh, <laughs> uh, about what you were um, sharing. That I think it's just it's important that we have the discussion and realize that uh, that when the Bible says there is therefore no condemnation, that I I don't need to condemn or receive condemnation from anybody else um, based on where I'm at, based on my circumstances, whatever is driving that emotional state in my life and no matter what background of life or who we are how long we've been a christian or not or whatever the circumstances are different for everyone yeah you know i've been in ministry you know 25 years you know and yet there are it's still something that's a struggle you know for me um you know depression and or anxiety um and one of the things that I learned for me about depression that I'll throw out there is that depression is anger turned inside out. I was going to mention that, yes. And what a, like, a revelation to like really consider that. You know, depression is anger turned inside out. And a lot of times when we think about depression, we're not thinking about anger as we're thinking about sadness, we're thinking about hopelessness, but mm. you can get hopeless and depressed and you know all these other emotions and anxious 
because you were angry so long at something and it didn't change a circumstance didn't change i know what it is to live life in so much pain and it doesn't get any better and then you're angry so long and because anger didn't change it the anger becomes depression you know yeah um so anyway uh when we talk about depression there's such a broad scope that we'd never cover it all in in one episode that i'm just trying to say to people that it doesn't show up the same way that that someone can be intensely anger it can be our child it can be you know a spouse it can be someone that we know and love they could be really angry and it's depression they could be very sad and it's depression Mm -hmm. they can be you know putting on a good face and smiling and trying to laugh and they could still be depressed yes you know that depression hides behind a veil Mm -hmm. you know and because of the stigma which it has gotten better in in collectively in the world but i think in the church it we have failed um to really be honest about what it looks like that it's a real thing that people in our churches are committing suicide because of it that you know people quit church because of it because they sit there and as pastors we condemn them for being on a a a medication or not being free from it you know and we're supposed to be swinging demons by the tail basically (laughs) every day and it's just not reality you know i don't live in victory in every area of my life True. You know, I might have victory over here in finances, but relational, spiritually, I could be under attack. And there's just this idea, I think, that often we throw out that we're supposed to have victory and be swinging demons by the tail, you know, over our shoulder and, you know, singing hallelujah all the time. And real people with real problems. Yeah. You know, <laughs> every yeah. one of them. You know, one one uh, case just uh, within the last few years that. Uh, I don't know how many years ago it was, but that just really, I think, took the world by surprise was Robin Williams. Yeah. Here was probably one of the most creative, funny people you'll ever come across. I mean, I, I thought he was just top notch, really. And I loved a lot of this stuff. And he could k- come up with stuff. He was good at improvisation. And just, you looked at him and you saw happiness. Yeah. But nobody really knew what he was facing inside. Yeah. And so it was masked. Yeah. You know, he had a gift and he used that gift uh, to mask what he was, re- the hurt that he was really dealing with inside. And the, the, the sad thing about that that I, that I see is that through all of that, nobody saw it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe if they did, they, they didn't step up and offer help. You know, yeah. not judging, as you said before, not, not condemning somebody, but saying, look, can I help you through this? Yeah. You know, who who saw that? And to me, there's and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into who it is, but uh, some, a, a public figure that I see right now that is dealing with stuff, and I think it's a shame and it's a sin, really, that somebody isn't dealing with this instead of letting it happen. Yeah, because this is something that is 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 affects someone else's life and mm-hmm. it's affecting other people's lives and until we get jump into that and not judge people but love mm-hmm. them and say you know what you're going through this let me help you through it yeah you know yeah even in your case i think that you know with with that incident that happened with you if people i think would have just been at that moment mm-hmm. what you needed was someone to just love you yeah not judge you or not go into you know but just love you through it yeah 
Yeah. It was the comfort, and I think that's one of the things, the aspects, when, it, when we talk about depression, it's not just about the person who is suffering. Right. You know, we can't forget those who are have to be sort of the support system for them. You know, whether whether we're the help for someone dealing with anxiety, depression, anger, you know, insecurity, you know, we could do a whole long list. But if we're the the person that's designated to sort of walk through with them, it can be a challenging and difficult road to navigate because anything that we say, do, the way we react or the way we don't yeah. spurs a reaction. Yes. When I was going through, you know, dealing with anxiety and even now with like depression, it can be the slightest thing that will cause me to like mentally spiral, mm-hmm. you know, um, that I have to identify and pull myself out of, you know, like, whoa, 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 you know. Um, and so I think we have to remember if, if we're if we have someone in our circle of friends or life or family that struggles with any of these things, that what they really need above all is just comfort. Yeah. You know, the last thing I need, let, let's look at it from a biblical perspective. Elijah dealt with depression. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And God didn't send an angel. Uh, he didn't send an angel to preach to him. He didn't send an angel to rebuke. No. He didn't send an angel to, you know, identify the spirit. No. He sent an angel to comfort. Yes. And I think we have to remember, like, we don't have to know a cute Christianese cliche to say. (laughs) We don't have to quote a profound tweet. We don't have to know all the ins and outs of what depression or anger or, you know, you know, discouragement, any of these things may or may not look like. We don't even have to understand the person's mental state in that moment. Right. If we could just learn to be people that can comfort, like genuinely yeah. comfort, yeah. you know, right. and in other words, just walk with them through it. Like, you know, if you say nothing, you know, just sitting on the couch with them and, and being present you know, and so for me, when I went through that, and that was many years ago now, um, I was young, young, young in ministry. And when I look back, what I really needed and what helped me the most was comfort. Because mm-hmm. I was raised in like the, um, oh, I don't want to put titles out there, but I was raised in more of a Pentecostal movement where everything was originated from a spirit. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't take medication. And so when I did finally go to the doctor, you know, I ended up, I was bivocational. So I was working a job and they put me on FMLA because of my mental stability. And I was never so defeated all my life, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, because here I am preaching the gospel, leading worship, a leader in the church, you know, all of these things. And I am on evil. Dexter, mm-hmm. and nobody could know. Nobody could know, but my wife, because you know, you oh, can't tell that. No, you can't. No. But what helped me the most were the people in my life that just were a comfort. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that were just steady. You now that 
I knew I didn't have to perform for or say anything for, but they were just steady, you know. It's my wife just sitting there, okay, if we were sitting in silence watching TV. That she endured many a dinners in silence or me not responding. You know, and I look back and it was the steadiness, the consistency of it, the comfort of knowing, like, I didn't have to talk about my feelings or emotions because I couldn't have if I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. I couldn't describe it. And so I say all that to just to remind people, just try to be a comfort, to be a steady, Mm -hmm. to, you know, in other words, be a bumper. Yeah. You know, that the people in your life that they just need to know, you know, you don't have to talk. You don't have to tell me what you're feeling, what you're thinking. I just, I'm going to be here as a steady, you know, I even preached Sunday about how we should be steady in the storm. Yes. And not only does God want us to be steady, but whether we're struggling with depression, anger, disappointment, discouragement, those of us who struggle with that, we need people that can just be a steady. That can be a constant, that can be a, uh, a comfort. And so for all of those out there that have never struggled with any of these things that may be emotional as they would classify them an emotional disorder uh, the best thing you can do is just be a comfort yeah. be a steady you know this month of November is actually National Caregivers Month mm-hmm. and I was, when you were talking about it I was thinking you know uh, years ago I was interviewing a guy who was um, one of the heads of the National Cancer Institute and um, he was he was talking about the, the caregivers in situations, and it can even apply to this. But he said, you know, the caregiver has to take care of themselves too. Yeah. But they have to they have to provide that safe space for the person who's ill, whatever condition it is. Right. And so it it, ha- it is a team effort. But that 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 caregiver, that person who who is beside you, who is you know. Sometimes we think we have to do everything, and we really don't. Right. We just need to be that comfort. Yeah. We just need to say it's okay. Yeah. You know, a long time ago, I was dealing with a, a a young guy who was an alcoholic, and he was doing really well. He started coming to church, and just just I know he had a heart for the Lord. And one Sunday he wasn't there, and I asked his mom, and she, you know, she just almost in tears, just put her head down so embarrassed that he fell off the wagon mm-hmm. and I said well I'm coming to see and <laughs> she was like don't no don't it would embarrass him it would embarrass me you know so I said well we'll figure this out well I, I, I believe God works things out because when I left I stopped at a little store and there he was mm-hmm. in this store and when he saw me he tried to run from me yeah and I'm like, no, you're not. And I, I, it was a little story, so it wasn't difficult, but I, I cornered him, basically. And I said to him, I said, you know what? It's okay. We'll get through it together. Mm-hmm. Didn't judge him. Didn't say, oh, you, how dare you, you know. And you know that man, this, this man, this young man, even in high school, took a 12-pack of beer with him. Yeah. Um, and he was just an absolute alcoholic. He had lost his driver's license because of accidents. And, I mean, just everything. He has not had another drink since. Hmm. And it wasn't because I was super spiritual. It wasn't because I judged him or, you know, oh, it was simply because I said, we'll get through it. Yeah. You know, and that's, sometimes that's what people need to hear. 
they don't need to hear your platitudes or your Christianese. Or, right. Just be there. Yeah. Just be there. And that, that goes a long way with people who are dealing with depression. Yeah. You know, because sometimes, you you know, when that is turned inward, you, you're, you're looking at yourself and that's all you can focus on at that moment. Yeah. You know, and what you need is someone to say, it's okay. Right. You know, we'll, we'll get through it. Yeah. You know, we'll bring it because they're focusing just on themselves. Yeah. And yet we need to bring them out of that place. And it's okay. You can be real. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to judge you for it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and we, we, and I, I'm guilty of this too. You know, it seems like it's so easy to judge. It's so easy to be critical of other yeah. people, not knowing the condition they're in. Right. You know, and in the same way as a, as a minister, you know, people are very critical of ministers. You mentioned earlier, you know, boy, that sermon just wasn't that too good today yeah. or something. You know, people, you know, but yet we have to be a, a safe place Yeah. that it's okay. We're going to get through it yeah. no matter, you know, now, now sometimes you have to make decisions, but still you have to be able to walk through it and have to be able to have a safe place. Yeah. With that person beside you, whoever it is that God has put there, it has to be a safe place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I finally got to a point in my life where, and I try to encourage others to do this, that you know, when we see people react and responding in specific ways, you know, whether it's an outburst of anger or it's the person at the stoplight that flipped you off, <laughs> you know, our instant reaction is often that we wanna we wanna react. Yes. Or, you know, someone tells us off or we get an attitude from someone in church. But there's always something behind that. There's more to the story. Yes. You know, you're only dealing with that and whatever that your interaction is. But there's always more to it. And it's, so I've sort of finally in my life matured to the place where, <laughs> you know, someone may come off with some snide remark in church or after church or about my message and be super critical but it's not just about the message they're being critical of, of me there's more going on in their life there's you know and the same is true of about those of us either that deal with depression and anger anxiety you know worry fear whatever we would want to title but also for those who aren't there's always more to the story and i think it's important we'll go back to the word where it says there is therefore no condemnation that we're all living in a society where we beat ourselves up constantly mm -hmm. and we're constantly you know a social media life where we're comparing comparing our lives and trying to measure up and you know as a ministry you know we've got it in certain aspects ministry is competition it is we i'm not in competition with anyone but i'm in competition with myself yeah yeah you know trying to compare what others are doing and you know why it's working for them and not for us or why it's working for us and not them and you know there's there's a whole lot to consider and and I would just say you know it goes back to being that comfort that when I mentioned that he, that Elijah dealt with depression he was so overwhelmed and so overcome that he in in being chased down and his life being threatened that he goes into a cave and utterly hopeless you know and Jezebel's chasing him down. The most powerful woman around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And God just sends an angel to be a comfort. I think oftentimes God wants to use some of us in this life to just be a comfort. You don't need to know the word. You don't need to pray like the preacher does. 
there are times in my life, and I think why I have such success with people that stray or relapse with drugs or whatever. Someone said during Pastor's Appreciation a few weeks ago that as many times as they've strayed, relapsed, fought with me, left church, came back, you know, and I mean it has been like a revolving door. <laughs> they said that one of the things that they appreciate the most is that I always accepted them without rebuke and with okay. open arms. In other words, I've been a comfort. Yeah. That they know that the rebuke will come. <laughs> you know, the correction. Right. The, you know, holding people accountable. That will come. But what I'm really called to do as a pastor, but all of us just as human beings, is just be a comfort. Yeah. You know, that I don't have to have a title in my name or have a doctorate or any of those things to just be a comfort. Yeah. And so my encouragement for everyone today that we could accomplish in this is don't try to read another blog <laughs> or, you know, read up on what you think depression is or signs of it. Can you just be a comfort? Yeah. Stop trying to tell people to get medication or to get hands laid on them or get that spear cap. Just be a comfort. You know, sit down, watch a movie. Deal with their silence. Deal with the ups and downs of their emotions. Just and you be still. You know we want to. Oftentimes, as we're the one watching someone in depression, we're trying to quote scripture and say, you know, the Bible says, "Be anxious for nothing." Shh. The Bible also says, "Be still." Yeah. Yeah. And know that I am God. Yeah. Part of us being still is just you be still, be quiet, know that He is God, and you be the comfort. You know. Mm. Uh, we, we could go on and on. We could, but, you know, and, and those are spiritual things. Those are things to people in church. But these also apply to, you know, your husband or your wife. Yes. These also apply to your co-worker. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a church thing. These things are applying to, every, you know, if if you could just be that comfort to them. Yeah. Regardless of anything else. Yes. You know, regardless, you know, I know there are marriages that break up because one is dealing with that and the other just doesn't know how to deal with it. What yeah. the other one is dealing with, yeah. you know, and you just can't, you can't connect it yeah. when, you know, and I'm not saying it's, it, but sometimes it's just, if you just learn how to comfort that person, mm -hmm. you know, if you just learn how that, you know, because, you know, marriage, especially marriage. Did not most take the vow of better or worse sickness and then health, right. you know? So, so shouldn't they, you know, as a couple, that should be, but that should also be in your job. Yeah. You know, we're, you know, you talk about competition, you know, sometimes jobs can be very competitive, mm -hmm. but sometimes we benefit the most when we learn how to give, when we learn yeah. how to comfort. Um, I think that goes a long way in a, in a job, Yeah. you know, because, you know, it's sometimes a boss will look at, well, they may be more competitive. But I can work better with those people. They yeah. they connect better with the people, and so who would you rather have in your in your yeah. company? Yeah, you know. And so it just depends on the on the, on the situation. But yeah. you know, these all things all apply to everybody. You don't have to be a church, and like you said, you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have a doctor. You don't have to have a, a clinical psychology degree, or you know, you don't have to have those things. Just learn to love. Yeah, yeah. You know, learn to love and you'll find love is patient. Yeah. You know, it's one of the things, one of the attributes of love. It's patient. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, we, we need to learn patience sometimes, but I've learned not to ask for patience. Yeah. Because the Bible tells me the tribulation brings patience. Yeah. I don't need any more tribulation. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Know? So, you know, we just have to learn these things and just, you know, be, be patient with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how many times have people been patient with us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And so I, I just, I, I, I want to make sure that people know that it's not just a church thing that we're talking about. No. This is affecting everybody at every level, at every economic level, at every uh, racial level. Yeah. You know, everybody deals with it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, with the state of our world, and I know we're running short on time, the state of our world, you know, economically, um, you know, financially, uh, mentally, emotionally, in the workplace and, and marriage, everything is overwhelming. You know, we can have, you know, when people come into your life, people leave your life. All of these things can cause uh, you know, emotional struggles. But at the end of the day, we have to just be a comfort for one another and, and be able to lean on. And, and for those of us that are trying to be that comfort, the last thing you need to try to do is try to necessarily understand their mental state. Agreed. Understand why they may feel that way. It has nothing to do with you, most likely. Yeah. You know, when I've dealt with it, it has nothing to do with anyone else. It's how I see it. It's how I'm feeling about it. It's my perception. And it has nothing to do with someone else. And so a lot of times, as the people being the comfort, we get frustrated trying to figure out, well, why? What does it have to do with me? Or thinking that it's something and it has nothing to do with that and 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 it would be difficult for us to even explain how two plus two is equaling six in our mind yeah <laughs> but to us it is and that's sort of what it's like you know it, it from the outside person it often doesn't make sense they look at our life people look at me and think you know all the great things that you do and you smile and blah 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 <laughs> and then for me to announce people who know me or watch us online or tv or whatever you know and think what you're always joking around or whatever yeah it's my mask yeah you know but are there things that i struggle with that are disappointing that don't measure up are there aspects of my life that are lonely Mm -hmm. yes you know i have children and it's not all perfect with them you know they don't make perfect choices. You have perfect children? You know, that causes, you know, uh, depression, you yeah. know, financial issues, you know. When you, when, whether you have people come or leave from your church, it causes an emotional does. distress in the life of a pastor. And any pastor that tries to say it doesn't bother them <laughs> is lying right. because right. it, we always take it personal, even if it's not. Even when I know, oh, they moved, it's still personal. Right. It's like, why would you want to move the, from this you know um and so i'm saying all of that just to say you know there are varying factors of why we may struggle or deal with things but there is hope there is help we're real people real problems right uh real life and it's not the end there is hope and that's the reason we wanted to start discussing it that you know it doesn't end there. I'm not, I don't identify myself as a depressed person. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I deal with it from time to time. I'm in a season right now where it's intense, but I don't identify myself as that, you know, um, because ultimately I know I have victory. Ultimately, I know the word says there is therefore no condemnation. I'm not going to allow myself to stay here. Um, and I know that 
God will pull me up, pick me up. I've got to get my mind right, my thoughts right, you know, all of those things. But in the end, there is hope. There is help. And there is comfort. Yes, there is. Yeah. One of the one of the keys for me of, of you know when you get into those places, and you know there is a difference first of all between sadness and depression. Mm-hmm. But prolonged sadness can lead to depression. Sure. You know. But one of the things that that always always helps me is just worshiping God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that that's one thing that always lifts me up. Yeah. Um, and being in the Word. Yeah. You know, and I know that. That may not work for, you know, if someone's listening and they're not even a believer, you know, that seems crazy to some people. But for me, that works because what it does is you were talking earlier about it working inward. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that worship does for me is it, it takes me out of looking, yeah. looking in and looking up. Mm-hmm. And I believe faith looks up. And so those things to me are, 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 are what I need at that, yeah. at that moment is to stop focusing on myself. Yeah. And looking up to the one who can help me. Yeah. You know, Psalm says, uh, I uh, look to the mountains from where come, from whence comes my help. Mm-hmm. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Yeah. And so I have to begin to look up and, and that helps pull me out of those situations. Mm-hmm. You know, it may take me a week or two or three, you know, it may take yeah. me a bit. But once I start, stop looking inward and start looking upward. Um, I see, I see results and, you know, and I, you know, I, I have to say this, you know, as we're here and, you know, we got to honor the word and we got to honor God, you know, people that are listening to this, well, maybe they don't have that benefit. Mm-hmm. Well, they can, Yeah. you know, and I, I have to encourage them if, if you're dealing with these things, the depression or whatever, you know, just, and it could be anything, look to where your help ultimately has to come from. And that's God. You know, and of course, we're here, we're available. There'll be a link uh, in the description of, of they can contact us. Um, but find find some help to help you look upwards yeah. instead of inwards. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Reach up to God. He's reaching down for you. Hello. Upreach. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, amen. But it's been good today. Yeah. Yeah, it's been good. And like I said, we're, we're here to pray for people. We have a link on our website at freshfirechurch.net uh, where people, wherever you're listening to this, you can send us your prayer requests. We're, we're glad to help you. Um, we're glad to pray for you, agree with you together with the Word. And I believe that's important. It's not just us praying, but we're here to agree with them in according to the Word, which is His will. Amen. So, yeah. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. All right, Thank this you. is real life. <laughs>